Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 260. We are continuing our restaurant storytelling series, hoping to enhance your next dining experience. Today is all about the boathouse at Disney Springs. We are so pleased to share that this episode is sponsored by Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. She specializes in Disney vacations, and her services are 100% free to her clients. She does everything from booking your trip, making advanced dining reservations, creating customized daily itineraries, and even more. You can click on the link in our show notes below to request a free quote, or you can head to littlebitofdisney.com and make sure to tell her that Detour sent you. We know that we will be requesting a quote very, very soon because today is the, the day of this recording. We saw Disneyland is opening later this month to California residents. So as soon as we learn that Disneyland is open to all residents, probably be Florida last. Everybody doesn't like <laughs> us. Um, then we will absolutely be using hand services to make sure that we get back out to the park that Walt built. And... Hannah, if you want to learn more about her, she was actually a guest on Detour way back in episode 92. So if you want to learn more about Hannah, you should definitely check it out. So today's episode, all about the Boathouse. I think this is my favorite restaurant in all of Disney Springs. I was going to say on all of Disney property, but I think I'm actually reserving that for Toledo at the Grand Destino Tower about Coronado Springs. As you guys know, we're not necessarily doing a dining review here. The food is so good at Boathouse, we'll probably find some ways to sneak it into this episode as well. You can make it fit, I feel like, with the theme. It's seafood, So this boathouse. is now going to be a 45-minute episode all about the Lucky Ducks oysters at Boathouse. Because that is my love language. And the lobster bisque. I say your <laughs> say your quote literally every single time we're going to the boathouse. You say this in the car on the way there. I'm gonna say, I say, Catherine, what do you think you're gonna get tonight? <laughs> I just said that I that I want a vat of lobster bisque because it is so good. What is the quantity of a vat? Is it like ten gallons, twenty gallons, or is it? Is I just it- imagine you know like if you ever picture a farm. You know, like the big troughs that they would feed all the animals in. Like, to me, when I say vat, I guess really what I mean is trough. A trough of lobster bisque. That's what I picture it is. That is what dreams are made of, huh? So good. Okay. Are we good for the time being? Yeah, I think we can be held over for now. Let's talk about some of the key facts for the boathouse. It opened on April 15th, 2015. The reason why this is interesting, because this was actually five months before this change to Disney Springs. So we talked about Hangar Bar was just like a couple weeks before Downtown Disney changed to Disney Springs. And we thought that was peculiar that they operated in both time periods. This one was even longer. And it was kind of the kickoff to this landing area as we know it now. I was going to say, so when Disney Springs was getting that overhaul 
you know, from downtown Disney to Disney Springs, the landing was actually the first out of those four sections to, you know, I guess get started um, because that was the area, of course, that used to be Pleasure Island. So they were taking all of those spaces and turning it into the landing to change it over to Disney Springs. So maybe it just needed the most work. And that's why that was kind of the kickoff. Maybe they were just ready to be done with Pleasure Island. But that does play into the overall, you know, how everything fits in together. This restaurant is operated by Gibson's Restaurant Group out of Chicago. They're traditionally known for their steaks, which we always view Boathouse kind of as a seafood place. They do have fabulous steaks as well. We've had them before. So, Brendan, this begs the question, are you allowed to like this restaurant if it's Chicago-based? Because you don't like anything from Chicago besides maybe pizza. And our friends Colleen and Ben. We do like them as well. We do like them. I just need to explain before people get very upset. I'm sure we have some Chicago listeners, Catherine. I'm a Cardinals fan, so I'm not allowed to like the Cubs. I'm a Predators fan, so I'm not allowed to like the Blackhawks. And I grew up as a Packers fan before we got the Titans in Tennessee, so I'm not allowed to like the Bears. So there's just a lot of negative feelings for me towards that city. Now, hand up, I love Chicago deep dish pizza. That may be controversial as well, because I know people (laughs) in Chicago say that Lou Malnati's and Giordano's are not real Chicago pizza. Anyway, I'm digging myself into a hole with our Midwest crew right now. I'm just going to say I can support good food coming out of Chicago. Lovely city. Don't like their sports teams. I'm impartial to the White Sox, if that helps. That definitely helps. Yeah, that makes a big difference. So that leading into, you know, Gibson's Restaurant Group, the creative lead for this restaurant is the Schuschler Creative. And we'll never know if we're saying it right. How would you say it? I say Schuschler. Schuschler. (laughs) (laughs) You should look up the name. I would love to see how everyone else has to say this. S-C-H-U-S-S-L-E-R. Schuschler. That's how you said it before, right? No, that's not how I say it. But anyway, it's the same company who do all of the Landry's restaurants on Walt Disney World property. So think about the T-Rex restaurant, Rainforest Cafe, and Yak and Yeti, which we just talked about. So not too long ago, we butchered that name in episode 255. We're back again. We didn't even know that these two were connected when we were making our list. So it's just kind of funny how that worked out. And it does get confusing as well because you can look at the Landry's website and they have a restaurant called The Boathouse. And so for when we were doing our research for Yak and Yeti, for a split second, I thought that The Boathouse in Disney Springs was operated by Landry's. Obviously, now we know that it's Gibson's restaurant group. But uh, yeah, their only connection is the Schusler group that they use for their creative lead design. Yeah, but that's it. So that's really all the key facts that you need to know leading into this. And I guess we'll get started. So as far as the storytelling, so when we compare this restaurant, we talk about the other restaurants in the area. So, so far we have talked about the hangar bar. We've talked about Gideon's Bake House and now the boathouse. And that's really it. But 
you know, if you can see one from wherever you're standing, you can see all three. So that leads us to think that there might be some sort of tie-in between all three. Why would, why, why do you say that? Well, we like to think that everything is connected in Disney Springs, that all of these different inhabitants or contributors to Disney Springs might have known each other or run into each other. So we like to think that maybe there's a connection. I think that there's a connection maybe to some other ones that we'll cover in the future, like potentially Wine Bar George or SDK and these other ones in the landing area. I don't specifically think it's going to be Hangar Bar or Gideon's because the timelines don't match up. So we know that Gideon's is like the late 1800s leading into the early 1900s when Lindworm was running his bookshop. And we know Hangar Bar was in the 30s, 40s. So maybe Hangar Bar, if it bleeds over into the 50s, that's when you can assume that the boathouse kind of takes its beginning stages as well. But I, I don't know. It's interesting. I guess I wouldn't have used the word that there's a connection other than they're just all part of the landing in the transportation area. That's fair. I just like to think there's always a bigger connection, that there's always something deeper that we could look at. So we kind of alluded to it, but the story of the boathouse isn't quite as detailed as some of the others of what we can learn about. And we started the series off with a bang with Hangar Bar and with Gideon's. They're two of the most well-documented and detailed stories that you can find on property. The boathouse isn't quite that quite the same. However, it is still very significant to telling us more about this city and this area, and I think most importantly, about the people. Now, with Hangar Bar and with Gideon's, we had very specific people to key in on. We had Jonathan Lindworm with Gideon's, and we had Jock Lindsay with Hanger Bar. There's not necessarily one guy or gal that we can think about and tie this story of the boathouse into, which, you know, we were spoiled with those first two. I know that we're going to get future characters in future episodes, like Maria and Enzo are, I was going to say real people, but <laughs> they are... They're the... They're the characters okay. that are connected to those restaurants over there. And we know that... Um, Amorettes. Amorettes. There are two sisters that run Amorettes. So not every single story is going to tell us specific people that lived here. But I think this one is really cool because it gives us a glimpse into how the history of Disney Springs and how these people in this fictional story like to live. And if we key in on that a little bit more specifically into the landing area, it's all about transportation here. And obviously this plays a vital role in how this city came to be. This city is all about water. There's obviously a very deep connection there. You know, the original story of Disney Springs, it was a cow farmer, right? Yeah, it's a cat, a cattle rancher. Oh, cow farmer. I guess that doesn't make <laughs> sense. Uh, maybe he, anyway, I was going to say maybe he was a cow and he liked to farm, but that's besides the point. Yeah, no. Uh, and he settled here specifically for the springs. We'll talk about more of that when we get to the town center area. 
But Lake Buena Vista plays a vital role in this city as well because it connects it to other cities, looking at you, Saratoga Springs, and even deeper back at the other resorts that you can take boats to. But it's also, obviously, you can see, based on how this city is built, that it things are lined up on the water. And so boating would have been a very integral part of the day-to-day lives of the people of Disney Springs. Yeah, and that's kind of where, you know, we have to take a little bit of creative liberty when talking about this story because it's not necessarily put out there by the Shushler group who, you know, did all of the creative work behind the boathouse. But we have to think, knowing what we know about the landing and just knowing, you know, we like to think that maybe it started as a dock, you know, just a small dock. And that's where these people from all of these different places like Saratoga Springs would have come into Disney Springs. And the same would have gone with like fishermen or boaters where they would have come in, they would have brought their catch of the day. And this is where they would have sold it to the other uh, townspeople of Disney Springs. Um, This would have been a place to meet up, to trade, kind of like what we've talked about before. And even, you know, the potential for some of those fishermen to then take their catch of the day and cook it and turn it into some sort of little restaurant. And then just naturally over time, as that became more popular, as Disney Springs grew and more people came into the area, you know, the dock would have to grow. And as the dock expanded, you know, maybe a real restaurant popped up. And you can kind of see in the actual boathouse, you know, there's lots of different rooms. Um, We're going to get into all that in a minute. But it, you know, it just naturally expands on itself. Yeah. And I think you can also view it as a lot of the other nods to transportation in the landing area are to practical transportation, Uh, meaning... I guess intentional transportation is maybe a better way of saying it. You're taking a train for travel or for business. You're taking a flight with Jock Lindsay. Maybe you're going to go search for uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Or you're just taking a charter train, a tar- charter <laughs> plane with Jock. We'll see kind of a different side of aviation when we get to Marie and Enzo's as well. This is more the transportation of leisure that. The people of this town have their boats, and this is just where they hang out and get access to their friends and, like you said, to a really great restaurant that continues to expand as the city expands. So that's kind of where we like to think this ties into the storytelling of the landing. It's nothing, you know, like Brendan said, extremely elaborate. There's no characters that we can key on here But like the rest of Disney Springs, it's kind of an organic growth that makes sense. You know, it makes sense that the boathouse is here. It obviously fits into the transportation district. It fits into the landing. And it's nothing that has to be forced. You know, the boathouse didn't have to come in and, you know, conform to anything necessarily. It just fit because that's the, you know, that's the structure that was put in place. 
Yeah, and it's very subtle, the story. But like I said before, I do think it's very vital to this area. And it tells us a lot about the people. But I'm interested to think, do you think do you think there's a yin and a yang that we're going to deal with where not every restaurant or location has to have a really deep story like those others here that we've previously mentioned? Do you think just having this discussion about what this means to the city of Disney Springs, will it still, what our goal is here is to enhance your next dining experience. Do you think you will enjoy it more kind of looking through that lens of, I see all these antique boats around me, so I can see that this place has been here for a while. We haven't mentioned it, but we know that the boats are from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. The Amphicars are from the 60s. So obviously this is a place that has been bustling for a while. Almost said bussin'. That's the... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the 2021 term. Yeah. It's a bustling uh, location. So is that enough, I guess, is my question to you? I think it is because, it, you know, when you think about some of these restaurants, some of them are chain restaurants, you know, Morimoto, Asian, like that's not something that is specific to Disney Springs. You know, they're coming in as like an opportunity, you know, like they're coming in to make money. Whereas Gideon's Bakehouse, you know, this is their second location, but they, you know, truly appreciate from what we can see, like that creative aspect and playing into the location of Disney Springs and the storytelling and like they really went the extra mile. So I think obviously for us that enhances our experience. But if I go to Morimoto looking for some Asian food, I'm not going to necessarily be looking for more. And I think it's okay because we know from the building, like you said, like it plays more into the history of Disney Springs. And you can tell just from the facade of that building that it once was something else. Are you talking about the boathouse right now, correct? Well, no, I was talking about Morimoto. Oh, okay. I was using a different example, but it's the same thing. Like just from looking at it, you know that it fits and you know that, you know, that it was once something else and it has been repurposed into what it is today. And like that could be enough. And I think and kind of something that you hit on, you know, I guess let's not be naive. They're all there to make money. Well, yes. But I do think it's also a testament to the growth both in real life of Disney Springs and of the fictional story of Disney Springs that we follow. Where we can view it as, look, this little podunk town in the middle of Central Florida that nobody cared about until they found the springs and they found this lake. Now it's attracting these world-class brands and restaurants and shops. M&M store, I guess, <laughs> is how we're... That, that will be our ultimate uh, sell of how we sell the story of that. Oh, absolutely. We might skip that one. There, there's got to be a bigger story there. There's definitely characters. Mr. Peanut and whatever the red guy's Ooh, name is. Only if we get to talk about Dan Levy. 
You know, Why? he's his Super Bowl commercial. He's connected to the M&Ms now. They're friends-ish. Okay. Anyway, I do think that's a, maybe a different lens of how you can look at this when it's not necessarily as deep, but it does further solidify this is the transportation district. You cannot make any questions about it. And this represents boating and a little bit of cars as well, but more so just boating. Definitely all boats. I mean, amphicars. Still boats. So let's talk about the actual boathouse because, you know, what they did in this space as far as the restaurant, as far as the Schuschler group, it is pretty unique. And what we've since discovered is that it is quite the haven for antique boat fanatics because everything that they have there is authentic. And very much real as far as, you know, the decor, um, the trophies, all the boats that you can see, the motors, they're all authentic. And the boats would actually run. And we actually had this conversation when we were sitting out on the dock because that's where you really get to see all of these antique boats, like Brendan said, from the 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, and then they have all the amphicars out there, too. But we were looking at these and we were questioning if they were real, would they work? Because they're not sitting in the water, you know, they're sitting above the water. They're definitely being well maintained and stored and covered and everything else. And we've now learned that they would work, which is pretty cool that they were all boats. They're all wooden boats. So if you're a boat enthusiast, this is a specific category of boat. They're all wooden. And yeah. I mean, it is pretty cool. And you also don't realize until you walk back on that back deck how far the boat dock goes. I mean, it goes quite a way out into the water that you can't necessarily see from anywhere elsewhere in Disney Springs because Paddlefish blocks a lot of it, of what you can see from that other area. Mm -hmm. Maybe from the Lava Lounge, you would get a good view of it. Or from Saratoga Springs, of course. But yeah, I mean, I think it is it is theming everywhere. Everywhere is an homage to boating. They even have boats cut in half that you can sit in, inside in places. I want to talk about some of these rooms. Because I think you're maybe more familiar with some of these rooms than I am. I know of the trophy room. Only because we sat there last time. But what are some of the other rooms that are there in, in the boathouse? Okay, so you mentioned the trophy room. And that one is quite obvious because it's filled with trophies. All boating trophies. All real from races or whatever else. You I was hoping it would be like trophy taxidermy for. trophies. What? <laughs> no, that doesn't even make sense. Um, so that's a private dining room. So that's where you would host like parties or... Events and they have another one called the regatta. Um, regatta is basically just another word for um, boat races. So sporting races, they're more like sailboats. We're learning a lot about boats today. Um, I'm on so a they boat have man. they have those two rooms, and then they have three other rooms which are like the main dining areas. So they have the runabout, 
which is that first room that you walk into, which like you said, you have the boat that's kind of cut in half where people can sit. That kind of boat is called a runabout. They have the twin transoms room, which is where they have the big windows where you can kind of look out onto the dock. I mean, the whole place is filled with windows, but if you're going one room at a time, the next one is the twin transoms. And then they have the lake house, which is themed kind of like a lake house. Okay. So it is interesting. You also don't realize how deep that restaurant is, and it kind of wraps around as well. It is a massive restaurant. It is. And from a more practical standpoint, it is much easier to get a reservation there than it used to be, well, especially through Open Table. I was going to say, you have to share our hack. So Open Table, because it is not a Disney-owned restaurant, Open Table has reservations, and we've always had good luck getting one there. Like next day, all the time. All the it time. It used to be very elusive. Now, if only somebody could tell Chef Art Smith to get homecoming on Open Table as well, that would be... A game changer. Not good for our waistlines, but good, good for our happiness. Our soul food. Yes. Side. So let's talk about the food. Let's make an exception. We did talk about the cookies at Gideon's a little bit as well. And Hangar Bar, we have some of our favorite drinks there. We've mentioned the seafood. We've mentioned the steaks. I also want to mention the bar. The Dockside Bar out at the boathouse, I think is one of the best bars on property as far as setting and drink options. Well, we are a sucker for a patio. So any kind of patio seating we love. Um, I mean, it's expansive. The drink options are amazing. The coconut mojito is my favorite. They have my favorite old-fashioned on property. But it's a Christmas old-fashioned well i do like their normal old-fashioned as well but yeah they do have their christmas old-fashioned way outside of normal christmas times i think our waitress told us last time that they're bringing it back in like july in july for christmas in july and then they're just gonna leave it on until christmas yeah which is hilarious so definitely get the christmas old-fashioned if it's on the menu you like the coconut mojito let's talk about food options as well what is like the perfect dinner that you normally order at the boathouse and i can go first while you think about it while you salivate okay then you go first i start with half a dozen lucky ducks oysters and why do you pick the lucky ducks because they are exclusive to the boathouse i don't exactly know what that means but you say exclusive and i'm in (laughs) it's probably a marketing tactic but it's working it is working you can probably get the same ones at Joe's Crab Shack on one ninety two. Maybe not. Hope not. And next, I think I actually would go with the steak here. If you start with seafood, then I would switch over to steak. Every steak we've had there is fantastic. I think I had the ribeye most recently, and it was wonderful. And then we've never had the baked Alaska for dessert, but we need to one day. We're always so full by the time we get to dessert. Well, and the issue is we never have enough people because it serves four. So it's basically like a giant s'mores ice cream bake thing with what's that on the top? Meringue. Meringue. So it's just absolutely massive. It feeds four people. And at best, 
We're lucky if we have three with my sister. So it just never happens. But we want to. Someday, we'll take the whole family and we'll try it. Um, But as far as my favorite meal, I go with the lobster bisque, obviously. Not a vat. They only bring me a cup, which is so disappointing. Next time you show her like three cups. Oh, my gosh. just see what they do. And see what happens. But it's amazing. It's unlike any lobster bisque you've ever had. It's very creamy. It's just perfect. From there, I would also go with the steak. Copycat. What did you think I was going to say? I don't know. Exactly. More lobster bisque. More. <laughs> Maybe. But I usually go with the filet. It's very good. Um, recently, for the first time, we tried some of their sandwiches. Like if you're going for something a little cheaper, like you can go to the boathouse without just spending tons of money. Um, their sandwiches come with some fries, which are amazing. They also have a really good mac and cheese. They're like shoestring fries. Mm-hmm. We can never pass up mac and cheese, so we would recommend that. I also had a salad recently that was very good. I had like the chef salad. Mm-hmm. But all of their sides are shareable. So the whole table has to go in on things. So I know we usually get the mac and cheese. I don't remember what else we usually get. Probably some kind of vegetable, and that's why I don't know what it is. Because I don't, you don't eat, eat it. it. I can't remember either what other vegetables or sides that we've gotten. But it's a must try if you've never been to the boathouse, especially if you're into boating. This would be a good place to go to look at all the antiques. I mean, it's like a museum for boats, basically. Would you ever consider doing the Amphicars? I think it'd be super cool. Like, I know they're very rare. They're from... You know, the 60s, only so many were made. I love all of that history. And, like, it's really cool that they're all in Disney Springs. Like, of all places, here they are. I do think it's quite pricey. So, for that reason, I think I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on Shark Tank right now? I am. I'm going to turn it down. Just because I know, like, if I'm going to spend that kind of money on an experience... Like, there are so many other things at Disney that just speak to me more. Like, other tours, other anything. I don't know. I like to watch them. I don't feel like I'm missing anything by not being in them, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to throw another curveball at you. Okay. Like you said before, we love patios now. We try to exclusively eat outside. Even Now, that is one of our big rules for the pandemic, but even I think after all this, we're still going to be like, we want to eat every meal outside if possible, as long as I'm not getting sunburned. That's the one thing. And sometimes even if you are getting sunburned. The boathouse roasted me last time we were there. Yeah. Anyway, is this the best patio at Disney Springs or do Um, you have another one that you like more? That is a very good question. The only other one that really stands out to me right now would be Hangar Bar, because I don't know if you can count Dockside Margaritas Why couldn't as a you? patio. Could you? Yeah. Oh, I do like that one a lot. And I think you can also say Deluxe Burger has a patio. They have a lot of, a lot of seating right there on the Springs, and Frontera Casino does as well. Oh, yeah, we like those spots too. So you're just listing everywhere that we go eat. 
I might say... And Homecoming has a patio as well. They do have a little patio. I might still say that the boathouse has the nicest one. Just because there's the most to look at. You know, there are actual boats going around. Like, if you're sitting at Homecoming, if you're sitting at Deluxe Burger, like, there's not a lot. You can people watch, but the Springs is pretty, but it doesn't have a lot to offer as far as views. I do like that you can see the boats, um, you know, like the going back and forth of the resort boats. You can see the amphicars. You can see the... um. The balloon. Aerophile. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Aerophile? Mm-hmm. I like that you can see that. I'm pretty sure. Now you're making me question it. Because that's a funny name. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Okay. But I do, I enjoy all that. So, I, mm, there's a lot of birds, though. At Hangar Bar. I mean, at, yeah, at Boathouse. There's less at Hangar Bar. Yeah. So maybe Hangar Bar, because of the birds. I think Hangar Bar has the best patio because it gives the perfect view of the balloon. You just watch it go up and down and up and down. And what would, more could you ask for? Would you rather do the balloon or the amphicars? Amphicars, 100,000%. Really? I don't think I'll ever do that balloon. It does look a little sketch sometimes when it gets a little windy. So if you're following us on Instagram, we did go to Universal Studios today and we rode Rip Ride Rocket, which if you're not familiar, it's the roller coaster and the climb. The launch. Yeah, like the lift hill, that's the term, is completely vertical. So you're at a 90 degree angle going up the lift hill. And once you got to the top, I think that might have been one of the highest I've ever been in my life. I did not like that. I did not like that one bit. So I don't think, I don't know if I've always been afraid of heights. I feel like it's definitely come on to me lately, even more so. So I don't think the hot air balloon is for me. It's definitely not for you. No, I love just like the idea you know, like a hot air balloon, like not even the one at Disney Springs, just like a real hot air balloon. There are hot air balloons that go above like our house sometimes on the weekends where we live now. And I just love looking at them. Like, I think it's so fun and it's adventurous. And then I think about actually standing in that tiny basket and I think I'd just want to die. So <laughs> I would... would want to die. That's a little <laughs> dramatic, don't you think? It. I think it would be a dramatic experience being in a little basket. With hot air as the only way of keeping you up. Okay. We've gotten way off topic. This is an episode about the boathouse, ma'am. Not hot air balloons? No. Oh. But just to kind of summarize and to bring this back full circle, I think the story is a little... I was going to use the word weak. Maybe that's not appropriate. The story is a little bit less than maybe you would want... However, it is a very vital role that we have to have in Disney Springs. Because if it wasn't there, we'd have to have another boating reference, I think, to really round out the landing area. However, you say that there's really not a car reference, an automobile reference here in this area. And maybe it's because they don't necessarily have streets 
and Disney Springs. So maybe, you know. It's a very Walker friendly. They like to go green St. Patrick's Day. I guess uh, you can jump over to Town Center area and do Harley Davidson if you really want. True. But I think it's a it's a really neat spot. It's really neat for artifacts. And like you said, it's basically a museum and an homage to this golden era of wooden boats, which I never thought that I would become like a pseudo expert in, which I'm still not. But we're closer than we were at the beginning of today. Very true. So, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Detour to Neverland. Again, if you're pl- in the planning process for your next trip, don't forget to use the link in the show notes to reach out to Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. She can make your next trip a reality so that you can visit the boathouse your next time in Walt Disney World. There's absolutely no harm in asking for a quote, and definitely make sure to let her know that Detour sent you. We've had so much fun chatting with you today. If you're following us on on Instagram, you know that Catherine is on spring break right now. And so we are trying to do action-packed stuff all throughout the weekend to try to make the most out of you not having to go to work. This is just a a little this is the little preview of what summer us is going to look like. And And I'm very excited. Very exciting. So if you're not already, we'd love for you to follow us. Over there, we are hoping to go to Magic Kingdom today, if you're listening on listening day, on on release on Thursday. If any of you are dropping a Magic Kingdom reservation, let us know so we can snatch it up. up. If not, we'll be resort hopping and having fun there. So again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will chat with you next Monday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.